And we are back, and we are sampling Market Garden's Franklin Castle because it's appropriate. <laughs> this is a uh, a seven percent ABV and a twenty percent IBU. Get your heart out, Sam. <laughs> We're gonna check this out, and I am pouring, and not too too heavy, but got a little bit up there. It is. Man, it is almost equally as amber as the Sam's was. Ooh. A little more fragrance on top of this. Mm -hmm. It almost smells like a flower. <laughs> now, again, not to say anything negative about Sam Adams. It's good beer. This is a craft beer. This is good. This is... It, it has a little more bite to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense because yeah. the Sam's is a 15 and this is a 28 on the IBU. So it does make sense. It has, it has a little more bite. And, uh, yeah, they, they outdid themselves this year. This is a, this is really this good. Is, this is a good year for it. Yeah. I'm getting, uh, hmm, maybe a little bit of coriander. Yeah. Like vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe a touch of cinnamon. Mm hmm. Mm. That is good. I mean, it's it has a little bit of a bite, but it's not like it's not like IPA bite. You know, it's it's like a very mm. complimented, subdued bite. It's good. It's really good. Obviously, we heard of the name behind it, but is there any story behind the name of the beer? Or that well, yeah, you, you go down to the uh, the brewery, and it's named for our neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, close neighbor, and they were right around the corner. So that's right over there by the West Side Market is where they're located. So they like to like to use uh, uh, names for things in the air. Like they have a uh, uh, Saint Emmerich is uh, that's their stout or their porter. It's dark one. I think it's their. I, th I think Saint Emmerich is their stout, and that's a church that sits uh, uh, right behind their uh, uh, facility on the other side of the parking lot for the West Side Market. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. So they just went with some. They said, "Hey, let's name a." Let's name a beer after this uh, this old haunted house in our neighborhood, and let's make a pumpkin ale. We'll release it around Halloween, and uh, the owner found out, uh, the castle found out about it. And she was a little pissed, I think, at first. But, uh, she's okay with that right now. But um, and I found out that people are putting T-shirts with the Franklin Castle on it and using. You know, I never thought about that. Are there like liability issues? There, there is. Yeah, it's a, I believe it's a registered. Yeah, she's a. It's 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 a it's a gray area, I think, but. The, the house has been, we have it well established, that, that name has been associated with the house mm -hmm. since 1969. Okay. So we have it well established. The house was called that before people started printing t-shirts. So <laughs> All right. We're making beers. I don't know if I should say this, but what I'm hearing is some of the proceeds from this beer. No, 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 no. No, they don't. No, they don't go to the house. So, um, this, is all, this is all market work. You know, I I do um one of the things I've been doing I didn't tell you guys about, well I, I did I yeah I mentioned it earlier but I didn't say it on, is I've been hosting a ghost walk in Ohio City since uh, the beginning of June, and we do this uh, Saturday and Sunday nights uh, at seven o'clock and we step off from the West Side Market and we end back at the West Side Market so we kind of go in a big two hour and twenty minute loop around Ohio City and you get some really wild stories. Uh, Delivered by yours truly as I lead a, lead a group with a lantern. But we uh, stop. We end the night right behind the Market Garden Brewery. And uh, for the last uh, month and a half or two months, however long it's been tapped, 
going in there after my tour. So you guys, so if you're in the Market Garden Brewery on a Saturday or a Sunday evening around 9:30, and you see a guy come in with a with a lamp sitting at the bar, that's me. Um, and what am I drinking every time I come in? Franklin Castle, and it is. It's you think this is good? Taste it on tap. It oh yeah. Is, oh, it's delicious on tap. It's uh, served in a uh, higher goblet. It's uh, mm. it's, 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 it's a little stronger, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seven percent. Yeah. That's 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 up there. I mean, I I still you know I still drink. I could drink all sixteen ounces, and they gave me a sixteen ounce one time because they were out of the other glasses, so they gave me the full. I'm like, hey, nice. Get a whole pint of it, yeah. And they're like, well, we're out of the other glasses. They're dirty right now, and everybody's really place good. Was really good though. food there too. Oh yeah, gosh. Oh yeah, the food oh, is fantastic. Is great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That is that is a that is a fantastic place. Um. I don't think I've ever had a, a beer from there that I didn't like. I mean, I'm you know particular about you know what I'm ordering. I have my favorites. Uh. And but honestly, yeah, they've never disappointed. So. Uh. So I've always been pretty happy about that. Um. Good so, job, Mark. Yeah. Garden. Yeah. Heck yeah, guys. Always. Good job. Always. Yeah. Here's to the market good, garden. Good food. Sam to the crew. Hell yeah. We've had them on several times. Mm. And planning to again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah, um, so I I brought up that there is a uh, an old haunted tale at the airport. Yeah, what is the what is the story about about <laughs> the airport? Now? So so I was uh, I was actually in charge of getting uh, our plant rebuilt at the Cleveland Hopkins Airport, and uh, huge massive project. I won't go into details, but. The whole plant was rebuilt there, and I saw it from from beginning to end. And uh, so we were running the the lines from the old plant over to the new plant. We had a very small amount of time to do it in. So, in fact, I had to cancel my, cancel my weekend vacation because the crew was running behind. And so I went ahead and went in and took control of the crew myself. And we actually got it done three days early after that, but. <laughs> Um, we're inside a concourse, right? And so we're in there and we're just pulling them over to the new plant. And all of a sudden this guy runs out and he's like, oh, oh, thank gosh. It's you guys. It's like, what are you talking about? Who do you think it was? Like, well, there's, there's a ghost. And they were like, well, what do you mean? There's a ghost. They're like, well, the workers here, they see it sometimes. And upstairs, sometimes she'll actually go up through the floor and they'll see her above the, above here, too. Why would there be a ghost was my next question, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> they said, well, this was part of the, the original gate. So that's why you see that that wall is tiled. That was the original entrance to come here onto the field and to come through. And they said what happened was... There was a girl at one point that did not want to fly. And her parents said that, no, you are going to have to fly. And so she ended up grabbing the security guard's gun out of his belt, ran into the room, and shot herself. And he said, and that's actually those two doors that you see bolted up. She's behind, that's where she killed herself, was behind that door. So, now, I can't verify that story. I've never heard it refuted because I've actually brought it up to a couple others and they said, no, nah, that sounds about right. Jeez. <laughs> oh, huh. um, and uh, what I can tell you is that I've been working at the airport for many, many years and I've never seen those doors unlocked. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've heard that. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it is a gentleman that has an office that sits directly outside of that area. Now it's that's what he told me. That's all I can tell you is what he told me. Is so, there a time frame? Uh, I know it was. He didn't give me a time frame, but he did say it was before the other two concourses were built. So okay. that should give you an idea. Fifties. Yeah, right there somewhere. Maybe, yeah. yeah, it's worth looking into. I'd like to check that out and see if. Yeah. Yeah, see if I can find anything on that back that up. That'd be wild. Yeah. I don't know. When you when you said that, my, my, my brain first went to, what was that? That used to be a farm. Like, originally, well, a bunch of farms. I mean, it was... Yeah, the old field. Was, yeah, so, like, I'm like, um, I'm trying to think, of, but, okay, yeah, knowing now that it came from something directly at... At the airport, the yeah. Airport. Yeah, according to him, she was just so afraid to fly that she actually took her own life. Which questions where her her mental state was yeah, but. No, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah and it's and i've i brought it up to several other people at the airport and they uh they have not validated or invalidated the story and mm-hmm. two or three of them actually said no nah, that, that actually sounds about right oh my god so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's there you go there's the airport ghost story i know about yeah. wow <laughs> i've been to the winchester house Mm. So have I. Yeah. Yeah, I love that place. Yeah. How long? How long ago did you go? Ninety nine. I went nineteen ninety nine. We just went, maybe three years ago. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's a great place. Uh, took a picture, while we were in there, and did catch a photo of something. No way. And now it almost looks like it's a reflection on a glass of a person. But they're sitting like Indian style, and they're like leaning forward like this, and. We have a light coming in up here, just a bright, really bright spot. And then you have all these orbs, but they're all kind of radiating out from that light mm. uh, as if they're like on a, on white strings. And you got like little orbs coming out around. Them. And it that's what's illus- like illuminating this part of the person. But they're very translucent. You can see through part of them. OK, Um, we went back and played the video and there was no glass partition at that spot where I took that photo. So, um, interesting. have no idea what it is. Uh, uh, my friend Jeff has one copy of the photo and the other one ended up with a group that I was working with. And they, uh, when we parted ways, uh, they didn't return the photo. So I wonder if they still have it. Cause I'd like to have it back. It's kind of cool. So the person who gave our tour at the time said that workers who do work there uh, from time to time, we'll see something, mm-hmm. a haunting or whatever. And it's typically what they said was a person who used to work the house from years ago. Mm. Well, it was one of the servants. Oh, okay. You know, building the house for her uh, in her many stages of, I mean, because she was forever doing something to that building. Yeah, yeah. 30 some years of construction, I mean. Yeah. And so yeah. from time to time, I guess a modern worker would see someone from who knows how long ago with like a wheelbarrow or something like that, <laughs> you know, like doing work. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was built. That was what it was built for. It was built to be a haunted house. The people killed from the, yeah. At the hands of the Winchester rifle, uh, requested a place to be, according to what she said, she was witnessing. She was being haunted by these people that so we wanted did, them to build her. Did you, were you able to go in the seance house? room? Um, I don't remember if, uh, which rooms I went through. That was, it was over 20 years ago. 
we did go in that room, and that I, I would say that that was a weird room. Very odd. Probably did. I remember I walked into one room, and there was one way in and three ways out. <laughs> but one of the ways in was not the way that we came in, because when you close that door behind you, it becomes a wall with no latch. Yeah. A lot of but the other three, the other three ways out. There's one safe way that goes through. The other one is a uh, door in the floor that you open up and you can fall. Yep. Down there. Awesome. Or the other way is to go out this door and you fall three stories to your death. Okay. Or yeah. to breaking your legs at least, uh, probably, um, if not your death. Um, so there was only one safe way out. Guess which way we went. Um, and that was a, that was a, the room. I want to say it was a kitchen. Uh, and it had uh, a lot of um, the number 13 incorporated into a lot of things, including like the uh, the little drain in the sink it had 13 holes in it, and it was shaped like a spider's web. It was wild. It was wild. I don't know why I remember that, but I remember that there part. There was a lot of... Stair odd, the odd stairs that go to nowhere, so there's a stairwell that just kind of... It just goes. It just goes into the ceiling. It doesn't go anywhere. It does. Teensy stairs too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there were there were yeah there were stairs. She and was only, not a big woman at all. There there were stairs. They had very slight rise. So where a regular stairwell had been going up, it went and it did a sort of a serpentine up to get her up to the level. All right. Uh, so I had these put in because yeah, she was a very yeah. yeah. She was uh, less than five feet tall. Yeah. So. She had some kind of. She was yeah. She was a diminutive woman. Um. Uh, trying yeah, to see if I had small stature. We went. Uh, but yeah, she, so she, it was easier. And plus, she was she was an elderly lady, so it was easier for her to get up smaller stairs. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, when the uh, San Francisco earthquake hit in 1906, I believe she was trapped in the house for a while. And when sure. that happened, there was a bell tower, a clock tower, and the clock tower collapsed. And she was of the mind that the ghosts had caused the earthquake. Right. And had because they did not like the tower and it took out the tower because they didn't want it there. So the clock tower was never rebuilt. Um, huh. And then when she died, after 30 some years of, I might be wrong on the, uh, the time they spent on it, everything that was not completed, they stopped work immediately. And everything that was not completed, they painted black. Hmm. It's just painted black. So there's parts of the house on the exterior and there's, where they were working. That are partially built and they just painted them black. So that sounds like a certain song. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, hey, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it is a very odd house. Yeah, uh, we saw that when I was there, and we uh, saw the um, Thomas Whaley house in Old Town, San Diego, and that was also a very interesting place. Uh, of course, we couldn't go any further than the uh, uh, further than the the first floor. Like we couldn't go any any. Couldn't go upstairs, so it's not not permitted. But it, hey, it was a really cool house. So, well, we have to touch on it. It's because Gumby, our ghost, a biblical thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, ghost comes from the old English word related to the German Geist, meaning spirit. And Christians certainly believe in spirits. God, angels, and the souls of deceased humans all qualify. Many say that the souls of the dead shouldn't be roaming around among the living, since upon death the immaterial soul separates from the material body until the resurrection. But is there a good reason to believe that human spirits can live on earth? 
In sacred scripture, we read that spirits of humans appearing to the living. For example, the witch at Endor calls up the ghost of the prophet Samuel. The fact that the witch was shocked by the event suggests that her previous claims of raising spirits were probably false, but scripture presents this as an actual event without qualification. We are also told that Judas Maccaeus met the ghost of, of Onias, the high priest, in a vision. In the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples saw Moses and Elijah, who had not yet been resurrected, with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Prior to this, the disciples thought Jesus himself was a ghost, indicating that they at least had an idea of ghosts. Appearing after his resurrection, then correct the very idea of ghosts, Jesus simply says he isn't one. Scripture then gives us a clear example of spirits manifesting immaterial on earth and doesn't record Jesus debunking the idea when he had a chance to. The issue then seems to be not one of, possible, of possibility, but of likelihood. So the possibility of visits from the deceased souls does not, of course, explain every spiritual encounter. Although demonic activity in scripture is, is mediated through living physical beings, even animals, there is nothing in scripture or tradition that would limit them to these kinds of activity. Angels have appeared to and interacted with physical objects and people, and demons are fallen angels. Catholics who deal with the paranormal typically say violent or evil hauntings may very well be demonic in nature. So although it's wrong and unbiblical to assume that all ghost-like manifestations are demonic in origin, it's also unwise to assume that none of them are. That said, if a ghost is simply understood to be a deceased human spirit that appears on earth, either by its own power or according to some special divine purpose, we cannot simply write off ghost stories as delusions or demonic. We therefore need to be careful not to judge too swiftly. Such experience could be from God, angels of all kinds, or deceased spirits, and our interactions to these should differ widely. God alone is due worship. Good angels should be given reverence, and bad angels a wide berth. As for deceased spirits, although the church affirms proper veneration of prayer with saints, along with scripture, it, for, it forbids divination or necromancy. Summoning the dead, other practices are meant to seek our forbidden knowledge. If you see a ghost then, the best thing to do is probably the same thing we do for the deceased souls. Our fellow Christians on the other side of the veil that we don't see. Just pray. <laughs> you see a ghost, you treat, it, you treat it like a bear. You just kind of... <laughs> Make yourself bigger than it and roar real loud and try and scare it. And that is and from, if that doesn't work, go for the spray. <laughs> <laughs> and that is from Catholic Answers. Um, like yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah, so it's so it it is church teaching that even though we can um, claim that these manifestations are demonic, that's actually not a very good biblical answer because we have biblical answers and answers from the saints over the years that these spirits can in fact be human. Hollywood has not helped in that cause. Can you send that to Zach Baggins and tell them that everything is in demons right now? You know that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, what happened to him? But a few years ago, everything suddenly demons. It's demons. It's no. It's, well, you know, Hollywood doesn't really help with that. No, it Ho does. Hollywood likes demons no. apparently. Yeah. They do. Oh, they do. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, I think it can um, cause a certain amount of the population who may want to consider that, or even of spiritual 
background or faith background to want to just say, well, then none of it's real. Because look what they do. Yeah. I, I would I, like Stevens. He likes his museum and the money it brings. <laughs> yeah. so. I, I like the way that uh, that Jimmy Aiken puts it. Jimmy Aiken's a Catholic apologist, uh, but he's very much a realist. And, and I love the way he puts it. He's... <laughs> He makes fun of it, and he's like, "Well, it's got to be a demon, because everything is demons." <laughs> so you know. So in other words, there there are there are other answers that we need to consider beyond the fact that we can just believe that everything is demons. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And there's there's a, there is a, a good leniency. I think too many people don't do their research in these things, and they they look at. Um, different ideas that are personal bias rather than looking at what the church actually teaches or what Christians actually teach. Mm-hmm. They hold onto a personal bias that makes them feel better because they, they like to be scared. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, you know, and, and that's, yes, you're right. People, that's one of the questions I was like, man, don't you be, aren't you afraid living in that house? I actually got that earlier today. Got home from uh, the store. Somebody's outside taking pictures. You live here? Yeah. Aren't you afraid? No. <laughs> I got that last night. Well, aren't you afraid to live there? No, actually, I come home. I feel like I'm at home. It feels good. It's it's comfortable. It's a warm and fuzzy feeling. I feel like I got a puppy sitting on my lap or something. <laughs> Demons don't like puppies. Come on. We already established that. Um, I'm like, no, if it was bad or evil, I wouldn't live here. Um, But, yeah, um... <laughs> we know supposedly, supposedly the first house that I owned in Ohio City, which is actually down from Franklin Castle, supposedly, according to my ex, her uncle, and my sister, it was haunted. Mm-hmm. They said that when I that whenever I wasn't home, that uh, they could hear people going up and down the stairs and walking upstairs and slamming doors, and they would. Because so at this time, my ex and I had actually separated. She lived downstairs and I lived upstairs. It was a duplex. And so then they would walk upstairs and there would be nobody up there and everything would be quiet. They go back downstairs. Boom. All of a sudden, there's people walking around again, slamming doors. Um, But they said, for some reason, whenever I got home, everything would just stop. I'm pretty sure it was my deodorant. But whenever I got home, (laughs) it would just stop. Something's knocking them out. <laughs> you know, you know, it is funny though, because people, they like to be scared. You know what I'm afraid of? Hornets. Hornets. Yeah. Wild, wild animals. Yeah. Getting bitten by wild animals and then having to get rabies shots because the wild animal might have rabies. Tornadoes. I'm both terrified and fascinated with tornadoes and hornets. Um, Those are good things to be scared of. Yeah. Yes. It's like people are like, hey, man, let's go in this, this old house. is all haunted, man. Let's go in there. I'm like, I don't want to go in there. Well, are you afraid of the ghost? No, I'm afraid I'm going to step on a yellow jacket's nest. <laughs> right. Or I'm going to step on a rusty nail. It's going to go exactly. through my shoe, and then I'm going to have to get a tetanus shot. I'm, 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 I'm afraid I'm going to go in there, and I'm, so I'm going to like, oh, there's eyes, and I hear growling. Let's run. And all of a sudden, a raccoon jumps out that's got rabies, and it bites me in the hand, and now I have to go and get shots into the stomach, and that's really painful. My friend Shane Post had to have that done. It's just a pain <laughs> in the stomach. Um, so, yeah, no, that's... That's what I'm afraid of. I'm not, not, I'm afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> no, I'm afraid of, afraid of like very real things. Um, so, so about, uh, about 10 years ago when I was doing research for Buried Beneath Cleveland, I was, uh, just kind of searching and searching and finding 
these lost cemeteries and I stumbled on a newspaper article and it was the loneliest grave in Cuyahoga County. Yeah. So it was for a fella named Solomon McNair and he died while fording the uh, Cuyahoga River uh, with his uh, hay cart and he got swept away in the flood. It doesn't say if his horse drowned or not. I don't, I don't know, but his body came ashore and then was found near the village of South Park. Yes, there really was a South Park, Ohio, in the Cleveland area. And it's down near Valley View is where this was located. Uh, on the uh, west bank of the uh, Cuyahoga River, and I believe it's Independence or Brexville Township, was a small community called South Park. And this article was written around uh, the 1890s, if I remember right, and it says... That he was buried on a small rise above the tracks near the village of South Park. And the stone sits there and it's very uh, elegantly engraved uh, with his name. And it, there's a whole transcription of it appears in this newspaper article. I'm like, oh, that's that's well, that's fantastic. We actually have a South Park, Ohio. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, no, really. I got, I'm like, so, OK, I got to I got to find this now. I found South Park on the map. And um, it's uh, down at the end of Stone Road. Uh, South Park doesn't exist anymore. South Park was wiped off the map, I believe, around the night time of the 1913 flood. Um, was it during the streaming wars? Was is the streaming wars? I don't know what that is. Oh no, I'm not that big of a nerd. Damn it, I missed out on some. It's a South Park reference. Oh, it is a South Park <laughs> reference. Damn it, I'm really out of it. Uh, I haven't seen South Park in forever. So I missed the reference. Now i got to look this one up. Um, I'm imagining it has to do something with... Water. Water. <laughs> water, okay. Um, I go look... I go down there. South Park is gone. Um, so a friend of, my, uh, of mine, Ryan McCarberry, uh, we had... Uh, we're hiking buddies. He's uh, always assisted me with a lot of projects. Um, so he's been, like, one of my biggest... Yeah, helpers on a lot of this and we go we go uh we go out hunting for all these different things um and uh we we were right on um uh ghost towns of ohio and so you have ghost towns okay you know we all know what a ghost town is we've all seen scooby-doo um there's something called a shadow town i found out shadow town is a town that used to be a separate town but then just sort of gets absorbed by another town and now it's like a small historic district and you might have a couple of old storefronts or something from when it was a separate town. Ohio City is a good example of that. Well, that, well that's an, an example of it. Um, there was a village called Gilruth in the 1850s. Well, Gilruth is now part of Berea, the north side of Berea, right along the tracks over there. It's a little Polish neighborhood up there. That was originally a separate town, platted and everything called Gilruth. So we have a ghost town, we have a shadow town, but then I found South Park. South Park has none of that. South Park has a few stones, foundations. That's it. So what do you call that? What do you call a town that is just a few blocks and some foundations? I'm like, well, you know, something like ghost town would be, as you know, you got a phantom town or a shadow town, and then you've got this ghost town, which is completely gone. Well, what do you call it when it's just nothing left but, you know, the very basics of like, I don't know, a bone town 
and I'm like, well, okay, maybe a bone town. Well, then I Googled bone town. Dude, that did not bring up the results that I was thinking of. What's don't, don't, don't go Googling bone town. It's going to bring you to like pink tube and yeah, things that I read too. It's going to, it's going to get you all kinds of things to not yeah, Google. Don't, don't do that. I'll, I got another one that I, that I Googled and it didn't give me the exa- uh, answers I wanted. Um, so we came up with um, corpse town. Okay. South Park is a corpse town. All that's left are a few foundations in the weeds, and that's it. The tracks, the road leading to it, and it just suddenly ends. And I went walking around looking for the stone of Solomon McNair, who died in the early 1800s, 1820s or 1830s, buried down there. And I'm looking for this described sandstone slab with his name, and I'm walking along the rises on the tracks, and I can't find it. And I'm walking through this pasture that's down there in the tall grass. And then I stop suddenly because, uh, Gummy, from me to you, right there is a hornet's nest. Nope. This big in the grass. I thought they built them on trees or houses or cliffs, mostly trees hanging from trees. No, apparently they can also build them two feet off the ground in the tall grass right there right there at waist level and i'm like oh my god and i freeze and i mean i'm eight feet ten feet from this thing and i start to slowly back up and i turn and i look to the right and son of a gun there's another one right there only five or six feet from me and i'm like oh my god i didn't know they built them that close to each other and i'm freaked and i'm just panic stricken and i look and i'm watching at the bottoms and i don't see anything going in or out and then i realize it's mid-december they're dead they're dead and i'm like okay but note to self don't go walking through tall grass meadows in the summer because there's always a possibility i'm going to stumble on a hornet's nest in the grass now that i know that they make them in the nest like that no f that i'm not doing that anymore so it's bad enough i've come out with ticks on my legs and um you know things like that before but no i'm like no 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 um yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Bone Town. Don't go, don't go googling Bone Town and thinking you're gonna find. Something. Well, there was a, there was another case. I was uh, I was uh, doing research on these two guys that um, fought in the Battle of Lake Erie uh, uh, with uh, Commodore Perry in 1813. They both died 12 days later, but it turns out that they were both from the same area of Pennsylvania. They both died of typhus. They were both buried at sea off of Avon Point, which is now Avon Lake. It's probably how that cemetery was established. We've kind of determined that. But they um, were the only two men out of over 550 guys on the crew. They had left their, uh, made the, uh, um, the person who would receive their pay, their, their, their administrator, Major Eliezer Wood. This was a guy with the Army Corps of Engineers um, who was killed, if, if I remember right, a year later at the Battle of Lundy's Lane. He was a high-ranking officer uh, in the United States Army. They would have met him in Erie, Pennsylvania before the squadron sailed. So they made him the person who would receive their prize money. And he, of course, handled their estate. Um, but then it says in the notes, all it says, it, I had to find out who he was because all it said was Major Wood. And I Googled Major Wood and it just didn't give me the results that I wanted. I'm like, oh, God, come on. <laughs> You just can't trust the internet these days to be innocent. It's like, no, I'm not looking for that major wood. I'm looking for major, you know, wood as a title, not. 
Not as a description. I'm not. More things not to Google. It's, a, it's an adjective now. It's a major. It's a, it's a currently. What has grand. society gone to? Right? Yeah, no, God. <laughs> uh, things you find out the hard way. So I don't remember if I asked you just last time. I can't remember at all, but. Hmm? Mansfield. Mm-hmm. The uh-huh. Yes. Oh, beautiful place. Have you been experienced? I have been. I've been down there a few times. Um, went down there twice to take a tour. Uh, took a girlfriend there on there one time. Um, it was fun. It was, it was a good trip. Um, and I did an overnight with a group. Okay. Back when it was only $50 to do the overnight. Um, and I had a few things happen to me while I was there. It was kind of cool. Um, went down towards the uh, solitary confinement areas. Now, I didn't know this about uh, fluorescent light bulbs, that uh, sometimes they'll pick up a static charge in the air and they will actually yes. glow. I didn't know that. Yes. So we're walking down there and there's no power to that block, but yet there's a light, a bulb, a, a fluorescent tube, and it's glowing. It's got a little bit of a glow to it. We're like, what the hell is that? And it was probably picking up a static charge. But why just the one and not any of the other ones? I don't know. So we go and we choose that cell. And we're going to go in there and we're going to talk and try and communicate with whomever might be in there. So one of the girls keeps going on. So why do you keep the light on? Are you afraid of the dark? Are you scared? And then my flashlight, which is a brand new mag light with new batteries and everything, goes completely dark. <laughs> I'm like, and it's just mine. And I'm click, 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 nothing. It's not turning on. And I take the back or take or take the thing apart and I dump out the batteries and, you know, I put them back in. And click, click, it, nothing. I throw it down on the mattress and standing there and i'm like yeah and then about a minute or two later they're going on i'm like yeah i think it's all funny turn my flashlight off and all of a sudden my flashlight comes right back on that's <laughs> as soon as i said that i'm like okay i think it's time to move on to the next uh cell i think we've kind of explored all we can in here as i'm gonna come back later on and i took a note of where it was and i came back down there about two or three hours later my camcorder my tripod flashlight and I set the camcorder and the tripod up in the hallway, out in the corridor. I put the flashlight in the little sink next to me. And I'm sitting down there in this lower cell, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, if anyone's here, can you please uh, do what you did before? And I'm going on about, I don't know, five, ten minutes like this, trying to get someone. And I'm recording this from out in the hallway, and... And finally, I said, can you just uh, do anything with a light? Make it go dark. And it goes like that. So it gets dark and gets bright again. And I'm like, okay, somebody's with me. All right. I'm a little weirded out. And so I started uh, asking, can you uh, you do anything else? And after a couple of minutes of doing that, my flashlight started kind of rolling around in the sink a little bit on its own moving. And I'm like, okay. And I just, okay, I just pick up the flashlight and I grab the camcorder tripod and everything. I just go. I just, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just leaving. That's a little different than little, lights flashing. It was a little weirded out, so I did. It did move my uh, flashlight, and I was like, "Okay, I'm, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving." Okay, I figured I just wanted to probably just be left alone, so just so I found the rest of the group, and they were upstairs, and 
uh, uh, half the group was in a hallway. Uh, they said they had some plaster thrown at them. And this is about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. By this point, because you have all these groups that come in and do, like, these late night. Most of them are out of there by, like, 2 in the morning. And it's like, you're getting into the good time right now. So as they're going, we're the last. Yeah. Yeah. We're the last ones that are there. And one guy said, he, he, he told us a few things. Check out. Look for this and look for that. And check these out. This is where he, because he's like, yeah, when he's like, when everyone's gone, he's like, I just go and I, I do my own investigation for an hour or two. Uh, he's like, yeah, early morning hours, like before sunrise, that's when you get the most activity. Yep. He's like, let me know if you smell anything. He's like, use all your senses and let me know if you smell anything. Like, okay. And I, I went back. I said, I smelled something. He's like, did you smell the burning garbage? I said, yes, I did. He's like, they used to shovel garbage into the incinerators. And that's how they used to keep the place heated. He's oh. like, and those were on the thing. He's like, we're, you're smelling that. He says they, they don't burn garbage at the new facility. They don't do that. He's like, uh, he's like, no, you're, you're smelling. Those are phantom smells from the prison from years ago. Interesting. So I have heard that that's one of the theories in uh, in hauntings is there's actual spirit manifestations, but then then hauntings themselves are actually the remnants of previously living things that were in the area that have left their the spiritual essence of themselves behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's deep. I've I've heard a lot of theory. That's that's a that's a theory. I had um somebody that uh, believes in ghosts said earlier today on a post that Franklin Castle isn't haunted. I'm like, well, wait a minute, that beg to differ. I'm like, no, it isn't. Well, not like that. It is haunted, but not not in the haunted in the sense that I see it. And it was different. I'm like, well, God, what else do you want? I mean, yeah. it's it's got. I think what she was leaning was more towards like violent things. I'm like, well, that's not a you know haunted house. That's just a house where all kinds of bad stuff happens. That's not, <clears throat> which could be demons, I guess. I mean, or just bad ghosts. I'm not sure. Um, but you yourself have felt a different, like for instance, your flashlight moving around in, in the prison. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. That felt different than... Maybe something you may experience at the castle. No, no, that was that was uh, pretty close because I because I have a lot of lights turn on and off in the castle and stuff like that, and I've never seen any. Not counting doors, I've never seen anything move on its own. I've seen doors open and close. Doors that were latched have opened and closed, but I have never seen uh, anything like like I've never seen the glass go like that across the table. I've never seen that. Um, it's you're not in a bar. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, what's the matter with me? I, yeah, I do need to go to the bar more. Um, <laughs> um, I've had things that have been tossed around on the first floor while I was there, but I was upstairs when it happened, and I heard two separate occasions an hour apart from each other crashing sounds down there. Turns out it was a four by eight sheet of plywood and a six foot step ladder. I don't know which was thrown first, but they were both pretty loud and. It was a little unsettling, so to the fact that I got my friend uh, Matt Rump, who lived down the next street, to come over with a friend of his. And like, yeah, we got all kinds of activity. Why don't you come over? And he's like, all right, brought a six pack and a friend. And of course, they get over there and everything stops. And it's after about an hour later, his friend leaves and we're walking him out. That's when we go check out the basement where there were no lights yet working. And uh, I was still using a um, slide phone and didn't have a flashlight on it. I know I was living in the dark ages. No pun intended. I really didn't mean that. I didn't. I just caught myself. I'm like, oh, God, I just said that about a flashlight. Yeah. So he had one. So he turned his, uh, he goes and 
that turns his uh that little flashlight on and he's like we're going around and that's when we discover the uh ladder in the middle of the room and the the uh window at the other end the board's no longer over it so okay like okay that's what we heard that's what i heard so <laughs> yeah I, I first when i heard it i thought somebody had broken and was throwing shit around in the basement and so i was upstairs uh in the office the glassed-in room and uh first thing i grabbed was a jesus candle i'm like that's not gonna work uh so i grabbed a fire extinguisher figure blast him in the face and bonk him in the head and knock him out and call the police you know I really, I thought somebody had broken in, but we had bars over the windows on the first floor and I'm like trying to figure out how somebody could have gotten in because there's only that much space unless they're a contortionist or they, or they found a way to actually remove the bars from in front of the windows and yeah, which okay. is a yeah, trick in itself. So it was really in there and that's the only way I could think somebody would have gotten in that way. Yeah. Um, is from the, uh, from the desk, uh, you can see, or if they picked a lock at the back or something, but that's that's got a deadbolt and everything. You can't do that. Um, I can see the front door and the side door from that desk. That's why it was built there. It, it watches the entrances. That's yeah. that's why it's that's why it's there. It watches the staircase. It watches. It's the heart of the house. It's got the. It's, it's right there in the center. So that's where you can see all the comings and goings from that one spot. So it's sort of I call it the captain's chair. Okay. It's really interesting to be there. I, um, I, I was there with you once, like yeah. four hours. We sat back and talked. It was great, good time. Um, I, I, the architecture is beautiful. Yeah, my lord, yeah. I was blown. I, I think it was the detail of the place that really blew me away because even, even like the little hinges on the doors have all this little filigree and architecture. It's, it's. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, that's uh. Um... Those are most of the most of the hardware in the house came from the Branford Locks Works company uh, in Branford, Connecticut. That was sort of a center for uh, uh, this this new movement of uh, American Eastlake uh, hardware. So they were making a lot of these uh, these hinges, doorknobs, uh, even the little uh, little keyhole, the little key uh, uh, plates. They're just real small, and they just they're also very ornately. Designed even the little hinges on and the little latches on the uh, uh, colonial shutters, yeah. the inside. Even those are all they're all really from the same, yeah, yeah same company. So it's pretty wild. Uh, and they came right out of the catalog from from uh, eighteen eighty one. So you can tell they were all modern. And it was a line called the uh, one you mainly see in the house, like on the main floor. It's a line called the Oriental. So it's got the bamboo and it's got the little butterflies on it and all that. So. Yeah, I remember everything was just exquisitely detailed. Yeah. That was fantastic. What would it take for Hollywood to get involved to want to make a movie over Franklin's Castle? I mean, we got one like over the Winchester, right? Yeah. Oh, you mean a movie about it? Yeah. Um, Why not? Like a Why documentary, not? you're saying? Well, or even something, or, or you know, movie, like or yeah. or a film, you know, so or or let's get a uh, Flanagan over there to do you know, the yeah yeah the haunting of the Franklin Castle or something as because he's got the haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and I, I like my which is family. which is uh, 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 Henry James' The Turn of the Screw, which is a really good novel. It's, we actually did a review of uh, Midnight Mass right here on the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. That's that's I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen this new series yet. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting with bated breath. Midnight Mass for uh, what's going to come out next year, and it's only because I'm a huge uh, fan of Poe. 
is the oh. fall the fall of the house of ushers his next project oh is it have you seen that yet no you haven't seen that oh no that's, his, that's gonna be his next big i love uh it. in oh, the house haunting of series is going to be the fall of the house of usher and it's going to have the henry thomas and everybody's going to all come back and oh that's awesome you know the same you know this the usual suspects will return for another wow. show so yeah he's going to use his uh use his people again and uh oh, good yeah so he's doing so but it sounds from what i hear it's going to be very gory oh really that's it's going to be very like no it's going to be very 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 hardcore okay um he said if uh Oh, I'm trying to remember the uh, review I, I, I saw. It was something like if um, if Blind Manor was classical mu music, this is going to be heavy metal. Uh, so oh, wow. this is really going to be scary. And, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And I'm trying to think like, how do you take something like Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe and turn it into something like that? I mean, I mean, I love the story. You know, it's about you know, you know, brotherly love. Um, and his devotion to his sister, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great story. I really, really love it. And the terrors, of course, of being buried alive. Uh -huh. And, and that's a common thing with Poe is, uh, is buried, is people being buried alive. That seems to be, or walled up or something like that. Yeah. He's done that a few my times. My favorite story by Poe is still the Purloin letter. It was just, just classic, you know, detective story, Poe. But well, yeah. he created the uh, the the mist the, the mystery novel as we know it. I mean, when when he did uh, murders in the in the room org, yep. Um, that's yeah, that's that's the classic setup that every mystery novelist has pretty much followed since. I mean, they they're like, oh well, well no, it's it's Holmes and Watson. No, it wasn't originally Holmes and Watson. No, no. Uh, uh, Sir Arthur, yeah, Sir <laughs> Arthur took it, which is why they give out when you're a mystery writer, the award, the coveted award is the Edgar. And that's what you want to receive. If you're a mystery writer, you want to receive an Edgar. And that is because everybody knows he's the one that created a genre as we know it today. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I love his, uh, I love his poetry. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I've got a I've got a copy of uh, this complete work sits on my table next to my oil lamp uh, right there. I've got book no I mean I've got bookshelves. I got all my books in there and I've, I've you know think everything like uh, I've got Dickens. I've got um, Emily Bronte. I've I've got uh, my huge hardback Watership Down. I've got I mean I've got my whole section on Lake Erie uh, Islands uh, histories and the Battle of Lake Erie and the War of eighteen twelve and then I've got. On this bookshelf over here, I've got all my local ghost stories all collected. Bring up 1812. But I've got, I've got, sitting out by its, I know I also have a, um, a, a scary stories to tell in the dark, uh, hardback prestigious. So I've got that sitting up there too. But I have got pulled out and sitting by itself on the table, the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe. We should at some point. It's good for my sister. Yeah, we should at some point do a, do a dive into that on the podcast because when I've gone back to revisit Poe, like, he actually knew his theology really well, oh, yeah. like really well, like better than a lot of theologians. You would say evangelicals weren't. I, I was not. I was not. But you know, you you brought it up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he, he well, he would. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was very. He was a very edu well educated uh, uh, young man. And I can't believe we look at the photos of him. And I can't believe how much younger he is than I am now. He's like ten years younger than yeah. I am now, and it's like. 
wow, he really looked like. Sh- I mean, he he looked bad. He was in, he was in bad shape. I'm like, yeah. Like, what happened to this guy? And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I don't look like that. I'm like, yeah, and I'm older. I'm older than him by like almost ten years. I mean, yeah. Oh god, they really yeah. just yeah they, <laughs> yeah. they didn't age well back then. I, I well, you know, know, it was it was the demons. Sure, yeah. That there he saw was, while was he demons. was yeah, dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> Near, uh, nearly napping suddenly <laughs> yeah. as there came a tapping. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's them. It's sure. Yeah, <laughs> they just maybe they just didn't have a uh, skincare products. Not like I use. I just I use soap. I don't know. Maybe they didn't use soap a lot. I don't. Well, that's. Well, I, I, I'm hoping for that. Yeah, I, I think considering all the things that surround like the Winchester story, all the lures, all the you know, whatever it is, and they had enough to make some kind of Hollywood movie. I think. Franklin Castle has so much to it. Yeah. It's been mentioned. Arts, you know, to the yeah. history of Cleveland, hauntings, everything. It's All got right. everything. All right. I've got an idea. Was, yeah. I've got a pitch. I've got a pitch. All right. So the whole movie is like the end of a Scooby-Doo film. All right. And this is, you have, <laughs> it starts with the ending, but there's the alternate ending. One more ending. And then what probably really happened? <laughs> Be like, uh, that was just Mr. Wilkins, the caretaker. <laughs> Why did you do it, Mr. Wilkins? I was trying to scare you off so I can buy the place cheap, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your pesky dog. It, that, Take them away. And that's the whole film. Just, just that's all, it. Just all the alternate endings. A friend, of, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Joe Hartzell, and I, we had a, we had an idea years ago that we would make a movie called "It's Never Too Hot for Wool Hats." And it was going to be uh, two minutes of two cats fighting on a bridge. And then it was going to be an hour and 40 minutes of credits. <laughs> nice. Just to see if anyone gets it. That'd be good. I like it. Uh, yeah. And that was just, we never made it, obviously, because I don't want to sit there and type an hour and 45 minutes of credits, even if I'm making it up. And that's the actual. So, so part. it's funny you bring that up. I told my daughter and she'll bring this story up to this day, Alexis. To this day, because I was sitting around with her one time, and she was like, well, Dad, I know you like music. Do you want to start a band? I was like, yes, but here's the, here's the gig. Ready? We walk out. We get everybody excited. We introduce the band. We rev our instruments. We get everybody cheering, and we walk off stage. That's it. <laughs> and we'll call ourselves Defrosted Neon Monkey Suckers. <laughs> Actually, sounds like a good name for a IPA. Also, <laughs> neon monkey suckers. <laughs> That's it. So all we'll ever do. If anyone goes for it. <laughs> it was a. <laughs> it's hard to get a band going, especially one with a good name like that. Oh my yeah, god! <laughs> a friend of mine was trying to start a. Um, bluegrass, uh, Cleveland bluegrass band. He wanted called the the. Dirty River Barge Band. And I'm like, oh, I love that name, man. And I was going to help him. We never actually yeah, I got it going, but I think he still has the name somewhere written down. I think he's done something with it. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it was awesome having you on here. Oh, here's, here's my pleasure. what I want to yeah. hear is yeah. where can our listeners find more of your information? Okay, well, let's see if... Uh, I have a website, uh, williamgcrechey.com, just like it appears on the books. Uh, you can, um, And from there, if you go to the events page, you're going to see all the wonderful things that I got coming up. 
I'm hosting the uh, House City Ghost Walk uh, through uh, the first uh, Sunday through the first weekend of uh, November. That's on Saturday and Sunday evening. It's at seven o'clock. We step off from Westside Market, and we return there about two and a half hours later, a little under. Uh, pe- people can go to uh, CLEParanormalSociety.com to get tickets for that, and it's under the just click on the thing that says Ohio City Ghost Walk. That takes you to tickets. Uh, if you're interested in coming out and hearing one of my talks, I'm going to be, uh, let's see, Wednesday I'm going to be at Firelands Historical Society. You said this is going to air, what, Sunday or Monday? Yeah. Uh, Monday I'm going to be at the, shoot, North Royalton or Strongsville, I think it's North Royalton, Cuyahoga County Public Library, uh, out in... Here we go. Uh, give me two seconds. It sucks when I don't know my schedule. Um, there we go. Events. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I don't have my calendar in front of me, so here we go. Let's do this. Okay, Rocky River, that was uh, this week, and then I was in. Here we go. Monday, October 24th. I will be at the Cuyahoga County Public Library, North Royalton Branch, at... Out on Wallings Road in North Royalton, giving a presentation at 7 p.m. on ghosts and legends of northern Ohio. So you're going to get the crybaby bridges. You're going to get the witches' graves. You're going to get Helltown. You'll get orphanage. You'll get the railroad ghosts, the canal ghosts, haunted inns and taverns, and haunted cemeteries. Guaranteed to be a great time. And, uh, yeah, that's on Monday night in North Royalton. Okay. Wednesday, I'm at the, uh, and I just realized I have to add it here because it's not on here. Wednesday, I will be uh, out in uh, um, Norwalk at the uh, uh, Firelands Historical Society uh, that evening giving a talk on Haunted Putin Bay. So this is going to be a really, really fun one. And that one, as I understand, there are, there are a lot of people coming. So uh, if you want to pick up a copy of Haunted Putin Bay, that's the uh, that's the place to do it. And if you really want to come out for a good treat, come out on Thursday evening to the Music Box Supper Club because it's going to be myself. Uh, I'll be there with uh, Mike Miller, the uh, owner, up on stage with Charles L. Cassidy Jr., who is the author of Cleveland Ghosts and Paranormal Great Lakes, and... Uh, we're going to be telling Cleveland ghost stories that evening. So that's a free event. Doors are uh, 5 o'clock. We go on at 7. Uh, you do have to make a reservation. So if you go to Cle- uh, if you go to the Music Box Supper Club website, you make a reservation. It's, it's highly recommended because that does fill up quickly. And once it fills up, there's no room. Uh, you're not obligated to order anything, but they do have a $20 uh, uh, prefix dinner. Mm. Uh, or open menu or just drinks whatever you want um so uh charles and i will be talking with mike on some great stories and i'll be teasing a few stories from the new book coming out next year and of course we're going to have uh copies of books that we'll be selling and signing afterwards uh if anyone wants to find any of my books 
Uh, you can find them mostly at garage sales, uh, dumpsters, uh, recycle bins, um, <laughs> secondhand stores, trash cans. Uh, no, so you, Amazon. And Amazon, pretty much. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> and Giant Eagle too. They have them at Giant Eagle. I found. I uh, they, they, I you've seen them, them? at the checkout. They've line. got them at the checkout. They got them in the little, uh, the little book rack. They just see down with the stationery and all the pens and all that. And so if you go down there and you're looking now, there are two books that have Franklin Castle on the front cover of it. One of them is Haunted Cleveland. Cleveland, that's got a picture of the castle boarded up. That's by Chuck and Beth. Chuck of Beth Richards. Um, they That is a great book. You're going to love that one. That's not the Franklin Castle book. The one that is the castle book says Haunted Franklin Castle. So that's a separate book. And they're now carrying um, uh, Ghosts and Legends of Northern Ohio. They have that now. And I've seen Buried Beneath Cleveland a few times. That's a hard one to get. Uh, I just ordered the last copies. I put in an uh, order for copies of uh, a few weeks ago. And they never delivered them uh, because, well, they, they said, well, we don't have any. We won't have any for a while. They were out and they had to print out more. So I put in an order today. It is a good problem, except when I got two programs to give on Buried Beneath Cleveland and I have no copies. Mm. So I did get the last copies. Five copies. That's all they had left. So they did, wow. do a no, they did another run. They had five in the warehouse. I got the last copies. Yes. So, um, so that means you could also probably find it at a few stores. Because they were, of course, obligated to deliver to them as well. Self checkout, so, Giant Eagle, Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. Or, or, uh, yeah, yeah. The one in Brooklyn, yeah. or the one over on Lakewood on a uh, uh, Bunce also has them in the little uh, racky rack thing down there. But you can also, of course, you can get a Barnes and Noble books a million. Uh, if you go to the one in Strongsville uh, out at the mall, you might even find an autographed copy out there because my sister Jen works there, so oh. I do stop in. Occasionally, especially around the holidays, I'll stop and they'll have me do a signing. So I'll, I'll sign them and sometimes even personalize. Well, if you come to our, our events, we'll, of course, personalize them. And then uh, next next uh, month on the 12th, I'm in Avon Lake at the library for a Read Write Local. And that's uh, late morning to early afternoon. And that's myself and a whole bunch of other authors uh, scattered about. And that's another great event. Uh, so it doesn't matter what your tastes are. You're going to find something there that you really like, unless you don't like books, then you just, yeah. Then just, the next you're case, not a fun person. In that so. case, listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cause then you'll get some of the stories this way and, and you can give your eyes a rust for about uh, two and a half hours. So yeah. Gumby last thoughts. Uh, it's been great. Next time you're on. You're going to bring your guitar and you're going to do a song for us. Just oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just one. Yeah. There you go. Well, it, I mean, you, you can do as many as you want, but can it, can it be Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald or, or is there a copyright on that? And am I not allowed to do that one because of no, uh, Gordon? No. I don't know if we play the ASCAP or anything like that, if we can do that or not. I mean, I could do I could do some original ones, but. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Well, no, not really. I don't know. You got a, you got a Christian following on here, right? Yeah. You, that's not going to be cool. Okay. I mean, I mean, they're not. They're not anti-Christian. They're just they're uh, yeah. not appropriate. They're, they're songs about prostitutes and uh, and <laughs> there's and deist. I'm a deist. I, I, I do identify as a deist. I was raised Catholic, but I I still identify. I'm I'm I believe in God. And people are like, really? Oh, well, tell me. I'm like, nope, 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 no, no, no. We're gonna leave it there. I'm like Ben Franklin. I am a deist. And they're like, oh well, well, it's talking about no. I don't want to. No, 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 no. We're not gonna get into that. 
debate and then they're like, well, are you a Democrat or a Republican? I'm like, I'm not answering that one and touching that one with a 10 foot pole either. Cause that's just going, cause if you're the person that's going to ask me that question, you're not the person I want to have that conversation. Right. With. I'm like, there are just some things that I keep to myself mostly. Um, yep. they're, they're personal, they're private. They're, they're my, uh, I mean, I, of course I open up with you guys about my beliefs on, uh, the paranormal. And oh yeah. Because Absolutely. people expect that cause I write about it. But yeah, when it comes to, um, yeah, personal religious beliefs, and, and I'll share that with a few people. I don't know if I'm going to share that into a microphone, but because then I'll have someone, hey, I heard you're into the blah blah blah, and I'm like, yeah, that there it there it goes, and <laughs> or I heard you're like, hey, yeah, and it, it's like this is why I'm not a politician. I had a friend who, um, yeah, oh God, man, when he gets too drunk, he just tries to talk politics with me, and I'm like, man, I'm like, I would rather sit here and talk about couples figure skating before I talk about politics. I would rather talk about ballet. Now, I'm sorry, I'm not bashing ballet. Uh, you know, the ballet is fantastic. I'm just, it's not what I'm into. And I was, he knows that. And I'm trying to illustrate, like, I want to talk about synchronized swimming before I go talking about politics, not just with you, but with anybody, even if it's somebody that I agree with, I really don't like politics. I really yeah. don't because just like religion, Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Yep. It's opinions. Absolutely. Opinions and right here. It's opinions and it's beliefs. So it's not yet. Yeah, nobody is right. Yep. Nobody is wrong. So, right. so when you sit there and you try to tell me that your political belief or your religious belief is more right than mine, it's like, well, you think you missed the point there, friend. So... Well, while William goes back and watches 1980s footage of uh, Brishnikov, uh, <laughs> <laughs> please check out. <laughs> please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and you name it. Please stop by our Patreon. Help us buy some beer so we can keep talking for you and bring you on awesome guests that can bring you awesome information. Um, again, Godspeed. All right. Good night.